Hello and good morning to you all. Um, I hope you're doing well. I'm glad you, um, you're able to join in this morning and I'm so grateful that we um, get to fellowship together even when we cannot physically be together. Um, by way of quick introduction, my name is Ben, Ben Enedger. Um I've been part of the King Sounds family here in Bedford for, for the last three to four years now and um, I currently volunteer um, with the pastoral team. I'm so glad you, you've connected today. I couldn't start this morning without sharing um, a story that always gets me laughing. Um, it's one I hope um, you get to um, enjoy it as well. It's um, it's a story of um, of an atheist who was taking a walk through the woods, admiring all that evolution had created, saying to himself, "What what majestic trees! What powerful rivers! What beautiful animals!" You know, he said to himself. Um, as he was walking alongside um, the river, he heard the rustling um, in the bushes behind him. He turned to look and he saw a seven-foot grizzly bear charge towards him. And um, as you'd expect, he ran as fast as he could down the path. He looked over his shoulder and saw the bear was closing in. He ran even faster, so scared that tears were coming um, to his eyes. He looked over his shoulder again, and the bear was even closer. The, the, um, his heart was pumping frantically, and he tried to run even faster, but then he tripped and fell to the ground. He rolled over, picked himself up, um, but saw that the bear was on top of him reaching for him with his left paw and um, raising his right paw to strike him. Basically, he was done. At that instant, the atheist cried out, Oh my God! And then time froze. Time stopped. The bear froze. The forest was silent. Even the river stopped flowing. And a bright light shone upon the man and a voice came out of the sky that said, you deny my existence um, for all of these years. You teach others that I don't exist and, and even credit creation to a cosmic accident. Do you expect me to help you out of this predicament? Am I now to count you as a believer? The atheist looked um, directly into the light. It will, um, it will be, and said to himself, it will be, um, it would be hypocritical for me to suddenly ask you to treat me as a Christian uh, now, but perhaps, he said to the voice, perhaps you could make the bear a Christian bear. Very well, said the voice. And immediately the light went out. The river ran again and the sounds of the forest <laughs> resumed. And then the bear dropped his right paw, brought both paws together, bowed his head and spoke and said, Lord, for this food which I am about to receive, I am truly thankful. Amen. <laughs> I um, I hope that I hope that made you giggle. I, you know, one of the jokes I've heard for so many times and still made me laugh. Anyway, I couldn't start this morning with uh, without sharing that with you guys. I I hope you enjoyed that. This morning, though, we are going to be in the book of um, the Bible, book of Psalms, and chapter eighteen which is a declaration and a worship song from David on the day that God delivered him from the hand of his enemies and the hand of King Saul. Many of you would know um, the story uh, from the Bible um, of, um, of King Saul, the very first king of the United Kingdom of Israel, 
a king who became suspicious of David after David defeated um, Goliath. We, don't, we all know that story. You know, he became insecure and worried that David was going to take um, over his throne. And so he tried to capture and to kill David to prevent this from happening. This now led to a very long period of David being hunted down by this dangerous king and his army, a prolonged period of fleeing for his life. Um, we do not know how long exactly David was on the run for. We do know that it happened over several years as um, um, this whole saga happened over a number of years. Because when, when it happened, at the start of it, David was a young man in his, in, as a teenager, and it went on until he was a fully grown man. Some say that he, he spent about 20 years as a fugitive, you know, as, as someone who lost everything. He lost his safety, he lost his youth, his youth, he lost his family, his friends, his career, you know, he lost so much. And so this psalm we would we'll be reading this morning, it was written after the death of King Saul, when David recovered his freedom and before he, he actually went on to become a king himself. You know, despite all of the difficulties and loss and pain um, he had been through, David writes some, some, what, something of a love letter, a great praise from a place of victory. What we see in the verses we're going to read is that he does not boast in his tactics or strategies in winning a war. He does not write a bestseller on the 10 steps to overcoming your enemies. Or he doesn't write uh, about how wise decisions he'd made or his level of perseverance. You know, um, he says, in fact, if you have your Bibles, um, turn to um, um, Psalms um, 18 and we'll read from verse 1. If you don't have your Bibles with you, that's fine. This, the words will come up on the screen. He says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy, who is worthy to be praised. So, shall, so I shall be saved from my enemies. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. You know, this is one of the... Um, longest psalms in the bible and i so wish we had time to go through all of it but i'm just going to skip um, a few verses and jump to verse 16 uh, which says he sent from above he took me he drew me out of many waters he delivered me from my strong enemy from those who hated me for they were too strong for me they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he is delighted in me. Folks, jump with me a few more verses to verse 31. Um, it says, um, For who is God except the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places. You know, some say that this psalm is virtually the same psalm as the um, same song David um, wrote and sang at the very end of his life in Second Samuel um, chapter 22. You know, David... Um, 
likely composed this song as a young man, yet in his old age, he could look back with gratitude and sing this song again, looking at his whole life and sing God, our God, as his rock time and time again. You know, throughout the Psalms, he refers to, to God as his rock. We see this in Psalm 31, where he says that for you, that is God, for you, God, are my rock and my fortress. He says in um, Psalm 61 um, that um, when, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to this rock, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, lead me to God. In the following chapter, he says, um, he only is my rock and my salvation. He refers to God as his rock pretty much throughout his entire life. And this morning, um, I don't know what I can teach you or speak to you about God as rock, which you probably don't already know or heard several times. You know, you only need to have been in church for a few days to see or to hear phrases, references to God as rock. It's everywhere. You know, God is a solid rock on which we stand. God is my, um, my, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. The songs we used to sing um, back in Sunday school days. Um, build your house on God, the solid rock. It's everywhere. What I do know, though, uh, folks, this morning to share with you is that your understanding of God reveals the under to your standing. And I know this is not a grammatically correct sentence, but I guess what I'm referring to is this, that if you are standing on the life of forever complaining and worrying and living in fear or living in self-praise, then I would suggest that your understanding of God as the rock and our deliverer has somehow been distorted. It's almost like an inverse, um, inverse relationship you get in mathematics. You know, the more you understand who God is as the solid rock in your life, the less grumbling, the less worrying, the less self-praise you will occupy your life. Instead, the under to your standing will be one of pure adoration and admiration for our God and for who he is. You see, worship is a response to knowing who God is. You know, when we behold and understand God as rock, it begins to align all that we are and everything that we've got to a place of praise and worship for God and, and his name. You know, when we look at the under to David's standing, there is an ever-flowing declaration of God, of love and worship to God. He says in verse 1, he says, I will love you, O Lord. I will love you, O Lord. When was the last time you genuinely said those words to God? You know, when was the last time in your heart of heart you looked at God and says, God, I love you. You know, David says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. In other words, he, 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 what he's declaring that his capacity to withstand pressure and, um, and the forces of life, he sees that capacity as being from God. You know, he says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. The, uh, the use of the rock here signifies something that is strong, that is big, that is immovable, it's unbreakable, someone that is untouchable and un un unstoppable uh, force, you know, that, and some kind of sense of being forever secure. You know, you only need to look at the reddish um, looking um, ace rock, 
in um um in, in in the outbacks of australia and you see how huge this thing is it's impressive in fact geologists believe that it's been around for about 500 million years and it's going to be around for many many decades to come in fact um many of you would know this um, that i'm nigerian each time i drive past one of the biggest rocks in my home country in nigeria the the Asso rock which stands at a, at a height of about um three about over 3,000 feet above sea level. My mind is always blown away by the beauty and the size of this rock. But big rocks are not only impressive to look at. Within these rocks, there are often caves. Caves which, if you hide in them, you get strategic uh, position and exceptional advantage against your enemy or someone that is um, 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 coming to get you. You know, we learned uh, today um, of the caves and the tunnels dug during World War II in the Gibraltar rocks um, that, um, to accommodate a 16,000 strong garrison with supplies to last on, um, over a year under siege conditions. Or the Chiselhurst um, caves here in the UK, um, which became air railed sh shelter and accommodated up to 15,000 inhabitants during the same war when London was under aerial bombardment. You know, David says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my Savior. You saved me from violence. Not that um he calls um not that he calls God his refuge and not his refuse dump, not somewhere where he throws all his garbage at, but his refuge, his hiding place where he can take shelter from the aerial bombardments in his life. You know, one of the other things we don't talk about much in the church is um is um the uh, the fact that um the rock those big rocks enable nutrient rich soil to form around them, which then allows plants and trees to grow and and ultimately makes life possible. You see, when the elements of life hit the rock, the wind, the rain, the, the chemical elements, when this happens, parts of the rock begin to weather and break down into soil, which is rich and releases nutrients and then enables new life. And so whenever I think about David's declaration of God as this rock, I see David as saying, you know, um, he's a rock that is my refuge and somewhere where I find new life despite the bombardment that, my, that I might be under. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. You can only call God worthy of praise as you begin to comprehend who he is, the one who beckons us to himself in the days of trouble, the one who lifts our body and shelters us from the storm. You know, your understanding of God as rock reveals the honor to your standing. You know, for many years, one of um, um, my great frustrations with some of my um, Nigerian Christian friends um, back home is their constant response to the question of how are you doing? I ask them that question and I'm often greeted with a phrase that says, oh, we thank God, 
you notice well sometimes you could see the individual in front of you is not doing well is is poor or in pain or suffering in one worship or the other and yet you still get the phrase we thank god you know it is well i thank god you know what i'm coming to learn is is this that um something begins to um, shift inside of us when we declare who God is, when we come I mean, under bombardment and things are not going how they should go. As we declare his praise, his spirit in us begins to um, walk something, begins to do something, begins to align us and to make us look like his son, Jesus you know, how many of you know that the goal of life is not to be happy and to be comfortable and to have all we want, but our goal is to look like Jesus to the glory of God the Father. What I'm coming to learn is that every aerial bombardment we come on that presents an opportunity to reveal something of Jesus's character the way and the way he operates and to transform us into his likeness in an ever increasing greater degree of glory you know it's like the rock analogy when the elements of life hit it parts of the rock break down into nutrients um, into nutritious soil and release new life folks every new i mean new opportunities to grow come out of those 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 weathering seasons you know this is what worship is like when we choose to stand on our on our, on our rock on God and worship through any and every situation. We connect with the Father. We know um, a new intimacy with Him. We can reach new places. You know, He can reach new places in us that we that we couldn't um, um, have been open to before. It's but it's a decision. It's a decision for you and I to make. When the storms come. We get to choose. We can either run away and hide and reject his comfort, or we can run to him and seek him as our refuge and stand on this unchangeable rock and declare his goodness and his sovereignty and sing our hearts out throughout the tears and, and choose to worship. In that place, there is healing. In that place, there is glory that is released. David says, but the Lord is my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. He takes delight in, in me. Why don't you just say that to yourself right now? He is well pleased with me. He loves me. He delights in me. Folks, when we look on, um, look at the under to your standing this morning, I wonder if we're going to find words similar to those of David, which says, The Lord lives. Blessed be the rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Lead me to the rock, which is higher than I. And he says in some other verses, and so I will sing praises to the name of my God. For there is no one besides him. There is no other rock like our God. Folks, why don't you reflect on this as we go to the next um, um, session of this service. God bless you.